0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome. Into footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Man, we are back in the studio after a week out at Triomphe, and uh, it is, um, you know, it can be. It's kind of like when you go on vacation as a as a family. It's great to get away, and then there comes a time when okay, let's time to it's time to go back home, and that that time has come. I know it
2: was, it's it was. It was kind of okay having all the lights off because only y'all were on the screen. So, right. it was like, you know, got to be relaxed a little bit. But I did miss y'all.
1: It was, um, it had to be a little awkward for all involved. But especially here. Like, so you turned off all the lights. Everything was dark while we were going?
2: Yeah, because usually I turn the lights on because Raisin to come in and see the side of the studio. So usually that light's on and then the light's on in here so that he doesn't go make fun of me having the lights off. But not having it here, I need to turn yeah. the light on. I'm saving us some money. No, that makes sense. Electric that makes, bill. <laughs> I, I'm a
1: big turn off the light when I leave the room guys. So I, I'm with you there.
2: I did hear that people were asking you about me.
1: Yes. We had uh, some listeners, some very nice people that we talked to near the 18 green yesterday. And they were wanting to know where you were. I'm like, she's smart enough not to be out here on a Sunday <laughs>
2: afternoon. No, I was actually cleaning my house. Oh, it was so a, much fun. That's
1: a... That's a good plan,
2: though. Yeah, I started, la- plan. I started laundry at uh, about noon. I did not finish my laundry until I went to bed at uh, eleven o'clock. Wow. Yeah, did That's, like four different loads of laundry. It's yes, a fantastic that, time. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's necessary. So, yeah. As long as you were productive, that was good. But <clears throat> so obviously, lots has happened since we last spoke. Uh, Friday, late Friday morning, got off around 11 on Friday at Triumph. Uh, Triomphe. We had a golf tournament, and we had a winner, and we had a playoff, and so um, um, saw all of that. We got the news sometime Friday afternoon, even though we kept hearing. You know, one of the things that I, I'm, I hope that we all keep in mind is think about how many wrong reports we heard. It's unbelievable. It, it might be like at an all-time high how many wrong reports we've heard. I I, I try I remi- I try to remind myself as well as y'all at the same time that so many of these reports that we hear about whatever development. It might be Major League Baseball who's going where in July or, or you know, or, you know, what this quarterback's going where, here, and there. So many of the reports we hear are, are things that are leaked from an organization because that's what they want us to believe. Like, if they don't want – and, again, we're going to start talking about this at some point this week, we'll – Shift gears to the draft. I don't know if we've ever waited this long to get to the draft, but it just seems like it's been so busy the last month. Um, I I still don't understand. All of this talk about the draft and who's going to pick who and who is high on who, people don't just give up that information unless there's a reason. Now, their reason might be wrong, but, I mean, they're just – Throwing out there would they want people to believe, and yet somehow the teams apparently they think someone's listening, or why do it? It's just, I never wrap my mind around all of that. But anyway, think of all the reports that we heard and how wrong they were about how he's going to take the weekend to decide, and then boom, Friday afternoon, not only did, it ha- did he not take the weekend to decide? He picked a team that had been reported as he has crossed off his list. Now, the reason why that happened is the Browns decided, you know what? We're going to give you a financial package that you just you cannot say no to, which is fine with me. Again, I, I said all along, if they could work it out and not mortgage too much of the future – I was okay with doing the Deshaun Watson thing from a football standpoint, but um, but I was just as fine if you if it didn't happen, as long as you signed Jameis, which has not been signed yet by who has not been signed yet to my knowledge anyway, Um, and, and so that's scary. There's that caveat. I mean, again, if Jameis signs with the Colts or wherever else, uh, and it's not New Orleans, then you got a problem. You got a problem. So, in many ways, it worked out very well for the Saints. This whole week-long watch, Deshaun Watson watch. In many ways, it worked out very well. One, you never you didn't mortgage your future. Two, you don't have to worry about an, a suspension for next year, and we'll get into that as the show goes on. Uh, I heard an idea over the weekend what the NFL should do, and they won't do it, but I, I I I agree with the with the notion of what they should do. Um, and three, he didn't go to the Falcons or the Hornets. He went into the AFC. He went to the AFC. This is just so bizarre. I don't know that it's ever been like this. Now, in terms of um, for the QWs, it's never been like this, where all of the quarterbacks, upper, quote, unquote, upper echelon quarterbacks are headed towards one conference. Now, the irony of it is that the NFC won the Super Bowl this year. And the NFC won the Super Bowl the year before that. <laughs> you know, so it's not like the AFC's winning all the Super Bowls. And the, and, the, and the NFC almost won the Super Bowl the year before that. Probably you could argue should have won the Super Bowl the year before that. You know, the Chiefs probably should be without a Super Bowl. I was very glad they won that Super Bowl because it was against the Cheaters. But uh they were they got outplayed most of that game. And then was it the year before that was when the Eagles won? I mean, like, it's unbelievable. I mean, it was almost four straight. And I say all that because in the 80s and into the 90s, the NFC, they didn't just win just about every Super Bowl. They dominated just about every Super Bowl. Like the, these, Most of these games are not even competitive. Now, in that era, it wasn't so much uh, a QW's delight because in that time, in that era, not everyone, um, I, I don't think there were too many people that thought that Football was nothing more than a game of horse between quarterbacks, which is what most of y'all, most of the American media and sports public thinks that it is right now. In fact, you could argue that the best quarterbacks back then were in the AFC in that era. Elway, Esiason, Marino. I mean, a lot of the best quarterbacks were actually in the AFC in that era. But they weren't winning because the best football teams were in the NFC like all, all like all the best. Jim Kelly was in the AFC too and they were good but not a lot of other teams in the AFC were really all that good. So it's a little we've seen conference dominance before, but it wasn't it didn't revolve around the quarterbacks because again I could argue that the majority of the quote unquote elite quarterbacks we're in the AFC. I mean, the Vikings were really good, but they didn't have an elite quarterback. And they didn't win a Super Bowl either. But um the Redskins were really good, but they didn't have an, any elite quarterbacks. They won with Mark Rippon and Doug Williams. They weren't considered quote-unquote elite quarterbacks. The Eagles were real good, even though they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they didn't ever had an elite quarterback. Now the Cheaters theoretically had an elite quarterback. But the Giants, they didn't really, I mean, I think Phil Sims was above average, but they won a Super Bowl with Hostetler. He was certainly not elite. So the, what the NFC had back then was football teams. Oh, to be in the AFC in that era for the Saints. But here we are getting into this era now where you've got all the quarterbacks heading to the AFC, and it looks like the Saints are in the late 80s, early 90s, or 80s, 90s version of the AFC now in the NFC. The only difference is the NFC's winning the Super Bowls. Kinda like that trend. Got to tell you, kinda like that trend. So it's time. You know why? I really thought we'd have some news by James of, of Jameis by now. Hopefully it comes soon. Hopefully they can pick up a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end or something. I think that the everything is pretty. Um. You know, I think the roster is better than most people think, but they do have to make a couple of acquisitions, and they do have to get the quarterback situation uh, settled. Even though, again, from the beginning, I thought it was going to be Jameis Winston. Still hoping that it's going to be Jameis Winston, and we'll see. But just fascinating all that worked out. Now, obviously, the whole dish, there are many more layers to the whole Deshaun Watson story. and uh, we'll talk about some of those uh, as the show and the week goes on. Carlos Correa over the weekend, the other thing that we've been watching, signed with the Twins. I was surprised and not surprised. I told y'all all along, I thought Carlos Correa was way too classy to sign with the Punks, way too classy to sign with the Red Sox or the Yankees, one of the, uh, you know, the mega rich have teams. I, I just didn't think any of that was going to happen. I, I mean, again, I didn't know, no, 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 no. I don't have like some inside track to Carlos Correa. I just judging it by how he's acted, the things that he has said throughout his career, and I think he's a good guy. And and I I just always thought he was way too classy to go to the punks or the Yankees or the Red Sox or one of these ready-made teams and you know pull a. Um, a Kevin Durant type act, but it's not Kevin Durant's way on one side of the spectrum. A lot of people, oh, I want to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on the coattails of a ready-made team. I, I just don't think that's in Carlos Correa's character. So why he picked the Twins, I have no idea. I, I don't know. But the fact that he picked a quote-unquote have not, uh, the fact that he picked a, a you know quote-unquote small market team. That he didn't just go to this ready-made team that everybody's picking to go to the World Series, whether he's on the team or not, uh, is not a surprise at all to me. It's a surprise to a lot of people around the country and locally. That part was not a surprise. Now, which one he picked, you could argue, is a little bit of a surprise. Maybe he just likes wearing beautiful uniforms because the Twins have some really nice-looking uniforms. The Astros' road jersey is outstanding. And so he's going – and the twins, man, they, they have some of the nicest uniforms. When they wear the right ones. I don't like when they wear their batting practice jerseys. But when they wear their old-school twins, when, man, it is really nice. So lots to get your reaction to since we last spoke on Friday. When we come back, we'll run down, get you caught up on where we are in Cajun baseball and softball and LSU baseball and the college stuff that happened over the weekend as well. And again, any thoughts that you have on Correa or Watson or the NCAA tournament, all kind of stuff going on. We're not going to get to the draft today, maybe by Wednesday. I keep saying we're going to get to it, and stuff just keeps happening. We got to start eventually, folks. We're starting to sniff April. I'm telling you, this is the latest we have ever gone without talking about the draft. Now, maybe it's because it's a bad draft, but I don't really think that's it. I just think it's been that busy over the last six weeks. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, touch on thoughts of the college scene, and take your phone calls if you have any thoughts or questions on any of this stuff. The many things going on in the sports world right now. We'll do that on the other side on the game. 1037 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Kevin Foote, an award winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand
1: in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict
0: them with with the, the whole bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise not a
1: normal strand of a medicine season it was a different strand this out of the
0: blue from Timbuk2 and all of this bounty gate ceiling dr foot is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on, 10, on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one o four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Also, you can watch a simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, certainly feel free to call. Still, unbelievable amount of subjects to be discussed. Before we get to some more of that, I want to remind you about the ultimate crawfish boil. J.J. Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish brings you the opportunity to win the ultimate crawfish boil. You could win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astro game. Incredible prize. All you need to do to get eligible to win is to sign up today at the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You could win the ultimate crawfish boil. Again, brought to you by JJ Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish, as well as, of course, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. All right. Very disappointing weekend for... LSU baseball fans, Cajun baseball fans. I think the weekend was more disappointing for LSU baseball fans, at least from what my from my point of view. I was not thinking the Cajuns, you know, were gonna go necessary. I mean, they would have been nice to win. I think Troy's pretty good. I think Troy's one of the best three or four teams in the in the conference. And going on the road um, after getting 34 hits in the previous two games, I just I didn't really love the Cajuns' chances. I thought they'd win one, and they and you could argue they should have won one. The other two games they really weren't really in that much. But the, the game two they were up three to nothing and lost four to three. That was a bad loss. Got to figure things out in the pin, no question. You know, we're all, while we're on that, we're all, we keep saying the bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen. I don't really think the bullpen's the problem, depending on how you define bullpen. I think the problem with the Cajuns pitching staff is they don't have any starters. So they're having to use their bullpen guys to be starters. If they had starters, let's just say, Dirk was ready and was throwing strikes and he could be in the rotation um Chipper Minard or whoever else uh, Drew Shilet if the rotation was Hayden Dirk and Drew Shilet and Tommy Ray which in a perfect world that's what it would be then you could have Jeff Wilson, and Tally and Bonds and Schultz and Toit or whoever else to be your bullpen guys. Then your bullpen would be like one of the strengths of your team. The problem is two of your main bullpen arms, you're having to start. Now, I know that sounds crazy because Wilson two starts ago had a complete game against Houston and threw 129 pitches and all that, but he had never, in his Division One career anyway, had been anything but a reliever. So if he was still doing that role and Bonds could be a reliever and Tally could be a reliever, then they would have a strong bullpen. The problem is somebody's got to start these games. So on on the way it's worked out, yeah, the problem right now is the bullpen, but really in my mind – it's that they don't have any starters, so they're having to use their bullpen guys to be starters, and and they're not always effective starters, and it weakens your bullpen. To me, that's the problem. But that um that's kind of the way it works out. So again, very tough schedule. I if they if they'd have won one game in Troy, and again, game two they were up three to nothing, and 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 they lost 4 to 3. They needed to win that game. But still, I think right now Troy's ahead of them. So the fact that they went on the road and lost a series to Troy was not shocking. The problem is with LSU is man, they just they don't play defense. The pitching was, you know, very sketchy. They lost 6 to 4, 11 to 7, and even the game they won, it was a gutsy win yesterday um to be down six to two and come back to win, but still to give up six more runs. I mean, ooh, man, I don't know. It is um I heard Jeff tell Raymond and I I I I was like, boy, you're right. If this was a if when if Maneri was still the coach and and this team was playing this way, whoo, man, they they'd be jumping off bridges. Or trying to push him off the bridge. But um, but no, this team is not, you know, I, I just, I don't see how it's going to add up. Look, we've all seen it. We've questioned LSU before in baseball, and they always seem to come out smelling like a rose. And I get it. I mean, they, they've they done it over and over and over and over and over again. I don't know. I, if, if they do it again this year with a first-year coach looking this bad most of the time, uh, I'll be very impressed, but I I, I think it's hard when, I, again, I, I still say I'd rather be strong defensively and just need my hitting to, to, to pick up. Their hitting has not been a problem. I mean, here and there it is. It's always going to be a problem here and there. But they're not they're shaky pitch. They, they don't have a lot of, they don't seem to have a lot of answers with their arms, and they certainly don't have any answers with the bullpen. i I mean with the uh with the defense. So and those two go hand in hand a lot of the time, too. So I don't know. To me, a very disturbing weekend for LSU baseball fans. Disturbing for Cajun baseball fans, but again, I that would have been quite as I, I still think Troy's ahead of, of them a wasn't necessarily supposed to be ahead of LSU, especially in Baton Rouge. Uh, but again, they salvaged the game, so that was good for them. If they had gotten swept, it would, it would look even worse. But I don't know that the level of play would be any different. It's just the result would be a little different. So we'll see. Again, it's still early. It's just the first weekend. We'll see how it goes. The problem for the Cajuns is South Alabama, the best team in the league, comes in. Then they play Georgia Southern, who's playing great right now and um you know again the sun Belt at the at the in basketball the sun Belt compared is is not as good as it is in baseball like there's some pretty good teams in this sun Belt baseball league I'm talking about compared to the rest of the country uh baseball they they're not it's played at a higher level compared to other leagues in the country in baseball than men's basketball this is my point and so there's some pretty good baseball teams in the Sun Belt. And so it's not like, oh, okay, they're just going to go beat all these teams. Well, they got a lot of teams that are just as good or better than them. Softball. Another very discouraging weekend for softball. I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I'm very worried. Obviously, I'm sure there's Cajun softball fans all over the area that are that are worried you know last weekend they lost a game to Georgia State this weekend they lost a game to Georgia Southern two of the worst losses in a long long time uh for this program they scored i'm not good at math uh 11 10, that's 21 33 runs against a bad team and did not sweep they scored Thirty-three runs against a bad team and did not sweep. Not good. Um, you know, the reason why that happened, they had two run rules. They run-ruled them game one, which was scheduled for Friday, but it ended up being Saturday. And they run-ruled them yesterday. But in the middle of that, they scored 10 runs and got beat 12 to 10. And again, bad defense. There's a lot of similarities between LSU baseball and Cajun softball this year. Not a good defensive team, either one. Not good defensively at all. Too many errors all over the place at any moment. At times, they they mostly hit the ball pretty well most of the time. Pitching has been iffy here and there too often, and uh, and the defense has been poor. A lot of similarities between UL softball and LSU baseball right now. And so can it be turned around? You hope so. The difference is, you know, Cajun softball has a lot of young players, and this might just be one of those seasons where they're just too young and it's just not going to happen. With all of that said, Cajun softball is one game out of first place. They're four and two, tied for second with Troy. One game behind South Al. Texas State, who's been a really good program in recent years, they're off to a two and four start. They lost two out of three to South Al on the road. Lost two out of three at home to App. So it's not just the Cajuns off to a rough start, but still, as, as disappointing as these last two weekends have been. They're one game out of first place, so there's it's all is not lost yet. I'm just saying it's not the level that Cajun softball fans are used to. Let's put it that way. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: here on footnotes you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear but you will hear what you need and of course i got all these oh you're
2: an idiot you know
1: what kind of safe fan are you look i'm not telling you what i want to happen i'm telling you what's gonna happen what more than likely
0: is going to happen Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to. With footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports Sports Station. station.
1: Come back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Before we get back to it, I want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival scheduled for May the 20th through 22nd. If you would like to win VIP passes to become, all you need to do is become a member of the Game Rewards Club which gets you eligible for all kinds of stuff, including the opportunity to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival in Gulf Shores, Alabama. It's now just two months away. We first started talking about it. It seems so far down the road. It's only two months away now, May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. So go to the website today, sign up, and you might win. Win. VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, talk about any of these myriad of subjects we've been discussing, and feel free to call in. Let's go to the game hotline and talk to Ken. Hello.
3: Hey, foot, how you doing this morning?
1: Pretty good, sir.
3: Good. I tell you what, man, Watching um, just after watching Coach Robichaux for so many years and watching Deggs manage a baseball game drives me crazy, what does what Coach Deggs have against runners at second and third with one out? How many times did we have we had first and second, no outs, and just leave them there this year? I guarantee he's left 15 to 20 runs sitting on the bases this year by not moving runners.
1: Well, that's the way baseball is played at most levels. I mean, they try to run, and, and they do a fair amount of bunting. Uh, you know, they certainly could do it. I mean, in major leagues, I mean, that's what everybody does. It drives me bonkers, so I'm with you
3: there. Yeah, I, I, think, they lack, I think they do not enough bunting as far as sacrificing the move load. They try to bunt to get on sometime and the bases are empty. Right. But as far as sacrificing and moving runners, I think that they don't do it nearly enough.
1: I, I tend to, especially, right, especially when they're not going really well and, and they don't have an advantage over the pitching staff. No, I, I, look, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I've tried to adapt, but at my core, kind of like I'm a meat and potatoes guy at my core for football, I'm a bun or lose guy for, for, for baseball. That's my core. And again, I've tried to adapt. And as an national fan, I've had to adapt because the game is different. But when you're not crushing it and you, and, College defenses are going to make more errors than Major League defenses, and so, yeah, I'm with you.
3: Yeah, yeah, I just don't get it, man. I just see so many lost opportunities. Anyway, that's all I got. Thank you for that.
1: I appreciate the call. Um, But the other problem is I've also seen, with, with, with that said, uh, I've also seen plenty of times where they had a runner on third and less than two outs, and they just can't seem to – I know it's easier said than none just to hit that ground ball up the middle and get a run or hit a lazy fly ball to medium-depth outfield and get a run. But, you know, it is true that guys like Kent and me and a lot of y'all, we 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 talk about how that getting that run home from third in less than two outs is easy. How many times I've heard in the last couple, in last year or so, with all this analytical discussion, heard one over the weekend. Dylan Cruz, very good hitter for LSU. He, it was like his second sacrifice fly of his career, or the first sacrifice fly of his career. Who was it that we heard last year in the major leagues? Guy had been playing for like eight years in the major leagues. He got it. He has like one sacrifice fly in his or, or zero. I mean, like his whole career. Just for some people it's easier than others i don't i don't know why, but some people really struggle with that but but no um getting runs home it's it's i know and you know when i asked coach Deggs about that not in la not last week two weeks ago the last time. Uh, I interviewed him about that, It it, it, it is, and basically what he said was uh, there's a matchup there between you got to have, you know, the right personnel, the right opportunity, who's on deck. I mean, there's a lot that goes into do you move runners and bunt or do you not. Like, if you have a guy that you don't feel confident – putting the bat on the ball and you think he is a pretty good chance of striking out, you may not want to put bunt and give up that out and, and put it in his hands. But if you have a guy who's who you feel comfortable with at least making the putting the ball in play and being able to put hit a ground ball up the middle or hit a fly ball, then then you might be more likely. So all of that plays into it. But the bottom line is the game just isn't played that way. That's not the way people think anymore.
0: It's
1: not the way they think. Uh, baseball is just different now, and, and and it's not just you know Earl Weavers of the world that think that way. Almost everyone thinks that way now. It, 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 small ball is just not the normal, the average, the majority of the way of thinking. And it, it comes down. I've told the story before. It's been a while since I told. It. I remember covering. A doubleheader had this specific memory. I'm talking 30 years ago at UNO. Coach Bo was the coach, and things are different now. See, covering college sports was more fun back then. It wasn't as corporate as it is now. I don't like this new corporate age, and I blame it all on Tucktail. But anyway, um, I can remember being down there in between a doubleheader, and there was a little bit of a delay, maybe a rain delay. I don't remember what it was. And being on the field and having a discussion with Coach Bollinger about that, this very subject that we're talking about, and in his opinion back then, again, he was an offensive hitting guy, and that's the way they think now. It's they think there's a much better chance of getting the run home by having three swings to get a single than it is to have a runner on third and one out and have two swings and you don't need a single. I just disagree. I know the numbers, and some guys di- agree with them and disagree with kind of what Kent's saying and I'm saying, but I just mm, I just don't buy it. I still think there's a better chance of getting that runner home from third and one out than there is to get three swings because when when I'm pitching – Now, if I have an awful pitcher, that's one thing. But when I'm pitching and the other team has runners at first and second and nobody out, I'm not all that concerned. Because odds are still in my favor that they're not going to score because they still got to get a hit. Chances are, every time someone comes to the plate, chances are they're not going to get a hit. I I still can't get that out of my mind after all these years because I've seen it. but uh um, but every time that a, they don't get a runner home from third with one out the the crowd that believes I need three swings with a runner on second they say you see but they don't ever say you see when they don't when they have runners on the corners when they get a lead off double and the guy ends the inning and he's still on second base I don't know it's this whole analytical thing that we're going through right now but again the, it's it, 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 it in some ways it's pre-analytics too this discussion. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to David. Hello, hey Kevin, howdy sir, what's up man? Man, we're waiting. I'm waiting. I, I saw a Wait, headline yes. just now. David, I'd explain this to me. I just saw a headline. doesn't mean that it's true. We just went over that at the beginning of the hour just because somebody reports something. Usually it's not true. But supposedly, according to this headline, the Falcons are still taking calls for Matt Ryan even after the Sean Watson <laughs> thing. So what does that mean? Like, what are they going to do without Matt Ryan?
4: They're going to toil in the, the gutter, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah man, I think uh, I guess, like Matt Ryan's done, I guess you know hey, uh you heard Dennis Allen went to fly to visit Michael
1: Thomas in Los Angeles. I huh? did see that, I don't know, you know, I it's, mean, about, I guess...
4: it's about a year too late, though.
1: yeah, I mean but like, i I mean, I took it as oh well, but I also took it as better than him, not going out there, I mean, at least he went out right. i mean i i i I'm hoping that's a good sign, yeah, oh, yeah,
4: I think it's a good sign. You know, at least someone went there. Like, come on now. You know, <laughs> yeah. He, he might be one of those players that you have to like, co- coddle or whatever, whatever the term yeah, is. You know, right, like, right. Uh, so like, what you think the Saints are waiting for? They got all this money and uh, like, yeah, I haven't heard anything about visits or you know. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I I think, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they are. I I was disappointed that they didn't sign Gerald Everett. I've always been fascinated with that cat from South Alabama. Uh, And and, and he never really did anything. And then last year he had a pretty good year. He had his most productive year statistically. I still think he can be – I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, an elite all-pro type guy, but I still think he can be a productive receiving tight end. I've always been kind of intrigued with his – uh, athletic ability, they need to pick up someone, no question, whether it's a tight end, wide receiver, uh, obviously the oh, first, you know, will. they got to sign know, a quarterback. Put, but, but yeah, no, they need to uh, – look, I was fa- – Robert Woods maybe, you know, he got signed over uh, the weekend by the Titans. Yeah,
4: and I was so, kind of hurt with that one. That yeah, was, so, that so was, they've got to do something,
1: was. no question. Hey, one last thing. I was
4: watching some old clips, right, uh, like 1990, we were playing against the Cowboys in Dallas. Uh-huh, and uh, I don't remember like Dallas used to have an open dome, yeah, and it rained, and the- the people were playing on the carpet, and like everyone was dropping the ball, people were sliding all over the place, like I don't you know i well, I guess we're like spoiled to to having a roof, you know. <laughs> And, like, I don't remember a time when it was, like, soaking wet and the people were playing on AstroTurf.
1: Well, you know, what Cowboy fans used to say is God um, had, to put, they had to put a roof so God could watch his team play. But we all know that's not true.
4: <laughs> it was just funny. Like, everyone was dropping the ball, you know. Now, what year was this? You said 1990? I think it was, it was either 90 or 91. We played in Dallas. And uh, we had uh, Craig Hayward, and, man, dude, like, everyone was sliding. Edmund Smith dropped the ball a couple times. It was <sighs> – but, like
1: – It's fun watching it was... those that... old games. It gives
0: you some perspective yeah, on what we're uh, watching now.
4: Uh, they played against Tampa Bay where they hurt uh, – I don't remember who the starting quarterback was, but Vinny Tessaverde came in, and, man, we stomped them, and I just had a big old smile on my face.
1: Yep, that was always watched good. Them. Yeah. Been, right, been owning, been been owning. Thank you, Dave. Been owning that team for quite a while. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't. I. It is kind of funny. You know, maybe it's as simple as in terms of not not you know not that they have why they haven't signed people, but the, maybe the fact that we haven't heard is that that they're going to be even more tight-lipped with Dennis Allen as the coach than with. Casper Aquita as the coach. Um, I don't know. It is a little surprising, but again, if they si- if 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 I know it's if if they end up signing someone and they end up sign you know one of these key positions we were just talking about, and if they end up signing Jameis Winston, I'm I'm not going to worry about whether they signed him this week or last week. That's not going to matter. We can't be too caught up in the moment. Now, if they don't, if free agency ends and they don't sign any of them, then, yeah, I agree. But if they sign somebody and it works out, and they sign Winston, then it's not going to matter whether they sign him last week or this week. So we got to be a little patient here. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour on this Monday as we just try to touch as many bases as possible. Kind of get our bearings after an unusual week out of La Triomphe all week and all the craziness going on with the NFL and Major League Baseball and everything last week. We'll come back, finish out the first hour on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Seven Foot is a walking, talking, encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously.
1: After that is 2013, which I call the forgotten Saints season, because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10-6, and six, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver, who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13-12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness, ineptness, or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile.
0: We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back
1: to footnotes. You know, the other thing that happened over the weekend, Trevor's story signed with the Red Sox. We talked about Korea. I was kind of hoping the Astros would sign Trevor's story to as a, even just the one year deal. Well, the Red Sox weren't thinking one year deal. They signed him to a long-term contract. What was it? Six years. They already have a shortstop in Bogarts. They already have a plus third baseman in Devers. Uh, I guess he's going to play second base for a year, and then maybe they're going to not resign sign Bogarts. Like, I think Bogarts comes up next year. So I don't really, you know, he didn't seem to really fit into what they were doing. But wow. Wow. Trevor Story ends up with the Red Sox on a mega long-term contract. That kind of shook some things up as well. I would think the Yankees and Nationals were both thinking of Trevor Story at some point during this process. A lot happened over the weekend, that's for sure. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana
0: Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome. Into... Or back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline 706-0111. 706-0-1-1-1. Uh, like we said in the first hour, got lots and lots to cover. We haven't even got to the NCAA tournament. I um some surprises, obviously. I mean. Were there even any St. Peter's fans? I mean, I don't think I know a St. Peter's fan. um, But I wonder if there were any St. Peter's fans that even picked him to to, to win. I really thought Murray State was going to win when when we got news that – because Murray State's been pretty good over the last few years. But, wow, obviously, you know, it's always fun to have Cinderella, as we call it, uh, and St. Peter's is certainly that. I mean, wow. 15 seed. Still alive. So, um, uh, you know, not a lot else. I mean, nothing else fits under shocking. Surprising for sure. I mean, I, as I said, I thought LSU was going to beat Iowa State, but they didn't. And not only did Iowa State beat LSU, they won their next game. They're still alive. Um, The Big Ten did not do well, but one of my, again, I didn't do a bracket, but I did pick Final Four teams. One of my Final Four teams was Purdue. They're still alive, but I don't know how good they look. Kind of thought Arizona would win it all, and they're still alive. I don't know how good they look. But they did win, and again, we know the old survive and advance cliche, um, which is true. So, <clears throat> again, um, there's, you know, not surprise about Auburn. You know, Houston's a team that not that difficult to pull for because of the way they play basketball, aggressive defense, rebound um so I mean a couple of couple of teams have certainly made big impressions and so uh, if you have any thoughts you want to brag about you know you picked this team and if I, I don't if you said you picked St Peter's to get here but then I don't know if I'm gonna believe you I gotta tell you. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give triple proof of that one that one, uh, I don't know if I'm going to believe. I don't know if I'll believe that. All right, let's go to the game hotline and talk to James. Hello. Footsie. Hey. How are you, sir?
3: Jay, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Footsie, I don't really have anything to say about the NCAA tournament other than you lost. We'll wait. Steve lost. <laughs> it's funny, Footsie. Remember? So, look. Let's laugh. Let's be in you laugh because, like, you and the FedEx fan laughed at Will way. ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! Now, can we talk about UL softball? Oh,
1: I did last hour. It's not, it's not a pretty sight right now.
3: Pussy, why are you worried? Why are you concerned? After they won the first series of the first little tournament, they beat UAB, North Texas, and some other scrub, the FedEx fan said, he told us, "All right, you, your buddy, y'all. He he, he knows so much. He was laughing at Will. Wait, he, he's concerned himself with LSU. He said they're gonna win a national championship within the next four years. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned one iota. The FedEx man said it, and I believe it."
1: Well, I I, I don't I don't I don't know. It, you know, again,
3: I I don't think it's happening this year. You know, I'm no. gonna go out on a limb. Okay, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say. It ain't happening this year, but the FedEx man got four years. I don't know. I I hope you're on there for the next four years. I mean, it's a long time. I mean, (laughs) he got a lot of shots at it, but, you know, that's what he said. He, didn't he say that? Did you not hear him say well, that? Well, I think the FedEx man
1: got caught up in the old recruiting ranking thing. And you know how I'm very scared. I don't I don't buy recruiting rankings.
3: I don't buy that either, but I just know what the man said. I don't buy you know?
1: recruiting rankings when it has to do with SEC football teams any more than I do when it has to do with Sunbelt softball teams. Recruiting rankings, I just ignore. But yeah, um, I And so, no, too, but I, I think he got a little too he, caught up in that is is all that was.
3: Oh oh he was a little too see we can make excuses for him but we'll wait, we gonna all laugh. <laughs> well
1: general, again, you general gotta general got understand. Now come on, bitter, when you have a little rivalry and you a and, and and a coach is
3: outspoken as he is kind <laughs> of the rivalry the, they have. There's you gonna got, You got one school that paid twenty million dollars to get rid of coaches. You got another school that can't even raise enough money to start the demolition of their stadium. How's that a rivalry?
1: There's there's just it's not a rivalry between the schools. They had the little incident between coach Marlin and coach Wade and they had a war of words and so people there's going to be fallout to that when when the when the side that you didn't choose something bad happens to them, then you're going to laugh and then if you know, if the same thing had happened to Coach Marlin, then the people that were caught up, the local LSU fans that were caught up in that little back and forth, they would laugh too. That's just part of the deal.
3: Well, all I got to say is 2014 has been a long time ago. You realize that's eight years ago. You have, All your athletics, like men's basketball, they talk about 2014. Baseball, they talk about 2014. I, I, I read a thing. Where, where this man said, Boy, this is the most athletic team since 2014. They're 9 and 10. 9 and 10. They don't even have a winning record.
1: But well, yeah. But they, I, again, I, I think this team has some pitching questions, no question. But I, I do think they played a tough schedule. And I still think there's hope for this team uh, because they do play good defense for the most part. Uh, I think their offense will get better as the season goes on, especially if Marshak does return. But there's no question there's pitching issues, no question.
3: No question. Well, I'm not worried about softball. I believe the FedEx man. He, hey, he said Will Wade was going to get what was coming to him, and Will Wade got what's coming to him. So, I believe that the softball team is going to win a, a natty in the next four years. All right. Footy, All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Uh
1: Again, some of that stuff, like I always say, is just doing your job. Uh, Look, there are people that I know who are normally pretty calm, and for whatever reason, that whole little spat, which is getting to be a long time ago now. What was that, four years ago, five years ago? The little spat that they had between – Will Wade and Coach Marlin and all of that and and the fallout from that and people not you know they it, it people develop very strong opinion a lot of bitterness and so that you know that's just playing out now that's just part of that's part of that whole rivalry and all that I just I don't worry about all that stuff but no uh, it's not that is not an LSU UL thing that's a Will Wade thing that's different that that. That's a different thing than talking about, you know, football, um, you know, talking about softball. Like for a while, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was really bitterness. That rivalry is not nearly as bitter now. It's very respectful. That was a, an AVEt low teeth thing in softball. That wasn't, it was UL and LSU, but it really wasn't. It was an AVEt. You know, it was that, that was a different deal. This is not a UL, LSU thing, even though it is. It, this is a Will Wade thing. Some people just don't like him. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't care about him one way or the other, but some people really, really hate him. And so, again, I, I don't look at this. That's not a UL, LSU thing. That's a, that was a, all stemmed from an incident and it's been, you know, it's stuck with people. Years later, that's just part of the deal. When you, if you're gonna be a trash talker and he is, then when you fail, people are gonna laugh and people are gonna get upset. I mean, it's not used to get mad about it. That's the way it is, it's just the way it is. I mean, if you're, he's a, he has a little trash talk in him, which is fine. You, when you, when it doesn't work out, then people are gonna react. That's all part of the deal. Uh, I I, I don't really care about that. You know, it's like I'm not a guy. I don't care about, you know, put the ball down, act like you've been there. I don't care about celebrating and all that. But if you're going to celebrate, spike the ball in someone's face or whatever, then, you know, there could be some repercussions down the road. It's just like running up the score. Oh, that's going to come back and bite them. It might. Just if someone runs up the score on you, just get better and don't let it happen again. I don't know what to tell you. I don't worry about all that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you that stuff happens. And there's going to be some people are going to, when you if you're on one side of the little um, controversy or whatever, then, you know, you're going to make hay while the sun's shining. That's all part of, I use the word rivalry. I don't know it. It's not really a rivalry, it's just it was something that happened between two programs and and, and two coaches, and there's a war of words, they don't like each other, and people take sides, and that's just the result of it. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Talk to Nick. Hello. Hey, Foot, how are you? Oh, Uh I don't know. It was a rough weekend. Rough week, busy week last week, kind of still recuperating and hoping to get some good news soon.
5: Yeah, it's such, it's such a wild week. I, I wanted to comment quickly on what Bitter said because, you know, he Bitter's kind of whatever. He's taken with a grain of salt, but sometimes he makes good points. And one one thing I wanted to say, mention that he said about 2014 is that he's right about that. Like I hear, I've heard just about every year since 2014 that the Cajuns team. The current cages team, when whatever year it may be, is compared to 2014, and it's unfair. Like that team was phenomenal, first of all, and second of all, that was a long time ago. So when do we ever turn the page on 2014? It seems like that hasn't been done yet, and it might never be done.
1: Well, in tw- in, in in 2000, they went to the College World Series. But but in, in 2014 they were ranked number one in the country late in the season, and so you could argue that team was better than the 2000 team. And people said Absolutely. forever. People said forever. You know uh, when, when when are you gonna stop talking about 2000? Well, they stopped talking about 2000 when 2014 happened. And so it's just whenever they get a team that gets to that level, then they'll start they'll they'll have a new standard to try to aspire to get to. I think it's just that simple.
5: I feel like I feel like it's a standard that it's it's impossible it's impossible to meet. Like you said, the 2000 team, they just kind of caught lightning in a bottle. They were that wasn't expected from that team, and then they they went and had a run and they, and they went to the World Series and that was great. But the 2014 team, I think everybody it was Omaha or bust for that team from the beginning of the year because everybody saw what it was and it's like that's not going to happen. Like like Bitter said. You know the guy come on the radio and said this is the most athletic team since 2014 well who cares like, who cares about 2014 why are we always trying to compare the current Cajun's team to whatever 2014 I think we just need to turn the page until that happens I think the, the team's in limbo like they're trying to live up to the greatest team of all time and it's just never going to happen this team is this team and, and, and we never focus on this team we're forever focused on 2014 and I, I just think it's, it's absolutely crazy that, that people do that, and it's not just fans. It's like analytical people and people who cover the team and people who are involved with the team are always trying to compare it to 2014. And you're just never going to meet that standard.
1: So that's all. Thanks for all right. Thanks. One thing, I, I mean, I, I mean that's fair. St- that's a fair statement. I, you know, maybe one day they will. Who knows? Hope you know, Cajun fans obviously hope they do. One thing I do want to say though, the Cajuns went to a super regional loss in Game Three of a super regional right before so there were expectations before the 2000 team but yeah they did and then of course they had a medicine season the next year which is what happens and people don't want to admit it some people don't believe in medicine seasons but the year after they went to the world series for the first time ever they had what of course a medicine season but no they did make a super original year before so it wasn't totally out of nowhere but um and another reason that Coach Dex talks about it is because he was part of the 2014 team. So he, all that stuff is still very much in his memory. I try not to do all that stuff. I just know they need to, um, when they have a three-run lead, they need to protect it. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more of your phone calls and continue to come in, uh, peel back layers from all the many things going on in the sports world. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 21st, 2019, in a 5-4 victory over the Oakland A's in Tokyo, Seattle Mariners star right fielder Ichiro Suzuki finishes his pro career with a record 4,367 base hits, playing in both the NPB and MLB. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: To the game, 1037 Lafayette 1041 Leg Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I want to remind you to go to the website, put yourself in position to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. All you have to do is go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Um, join the rewards club and you might win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111. We've talked about the NFL. We talked a little bit about Major League Baseball with the shortstop signings over the weekend. We talked about Cajun Baseball and softball and LSU Baseball. Uh, LSU softball lost a bunch of games early on. It might be a little ironic because there were a lot of people who said they might end up being the best of all four of those teams. We'll see how... That plays out in the long run. But um, also, we um, we haven't touched – we haven't really gone head first into the NCAA tournament. We touched on it a little bit. Of all – I'm throwing out St. Throw out Peter's. I mean, no – again, that's a – no one thought that was going to happen. I really um, – I guess Michigan and – I guess Iowa State too. I, I didn't really think Iowa State would be here. I, I didn't. I didn't even I wouldn't have even considered Iowa State. Um Michigan, just because of the way their regular season ended with all that controversy. Again, sometimes that stuff puts a chip on your shoulder, but you gotta give Michigan credit for bouncing back from all that. Providence is another one that I probably I don't think I would have had if I'd filled out a bracket. UCLA UCLA, I think I would have had again, I had Purdue in the I would have had Purdue in the well I did say I that would be I had my prediction for out of that region was Purdue. Um and you know I still kind of think it will be Villanova versus Arizona but Arizona did win in uh in overtime so little but they did win. Um I was not going to be real ho- – I was not real hopeful for a lot of the SEC teams. I didn't really think Arkansas would be here. They've done a good job of winning two close games. Uh, they kind of didn't play all that great down the stretch. Um, I obviously didn't think Kentucky was going to be by St. Peter's, but didn't buy Auburn as a team that could make a deep run. Um, so I'm not surprised that the SEC's down to one team. But if you had told me who that one team was going to be, I'd be a little – I was a little surprised. Arkansas just – they didn't seem to be playing at a really high level late in the year, but they won two close games, so you got to give them credit for for staying alive for sure. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, sir.
6: Listen, uh, I'm tired of messing around, man, with this uh, no draft talk. I got a name for you. I'm going to start the draft talk. All right. uh, You know, uh, all this other stuff, you know, negativity. Uh, The LSU baseball team, listen, I told you that, when was it, two, three weeks ago on my boost on the ground report defense. And, I mean, it's one of two guys all the time, you know, but uh, I don't think usually when that happens, you don't change. It's hard to change. It's hard to swing that pendulum. I don't know why. Uh, But, listen, made a great play in the last inning yesterday to – Nail a guy at second. Of course, it was after <laughs> after an era. But anyway, uh, I got a name. Kevin, you ready for for the first name? I'm of listening. The, of the of the season. Okay, Tyler Smith, offensive tackle from Tulsa.
1: That's the second straight year we're going to be in enamored with a Tulsa player. Tell me about him.
6: Well, they they, they all. He's he. The thing is, he's. Rising up the board, Kevin is one of those. He's six five, three thirty two. He's got a mean streak. One of the scouts says he's the second most best tackle in the draft. You know, although he's rated about fifth or sixth right now, but uh, they, they, they claim very athletic, can play guard, could play either, has played left tackle for Tulsa for two years. So uh, that's a, that's a guy. I think that the same that that's. It, I've seen two mocks with him in it. Uh, of course, also saw mock <laughs> with Matt Corral. Well, Kevin. again, I, I, I when, when, whenever
1: that's what we're gonna start draft talk off with whenever we do. But yeah, I'm with you. No, look, I've heard multiple draft analysts say that oh. they think that the second round is is gonna have multiple plug and play, start right away offensive tackles in it. That it's that really? deep. At offensive tackle,
6: man, that's impressive, huh? So I, I like, it, it's I a like good that. year
1: to need an offensive tackle, assuming Armstead right? signs with the Dolphins yeah, or whoever. Yeah, it's right, a good, right. if in terms of the draft. Now I know a lot of uh, Saints fans want a wide receiver to be picked in the first round, but it's not, and it's not a bad year for that either. So no, two of no, the I, main I, I'm areas, not that, gonna, yeah.
6: Neither one, you know, neither one. I, I, There's a couple of wide receivers I uh, like. But I, once again, it's also a deep wide receiver draft. I think you could get a good one in the second round. So either way, I'm, well, you know, of course, we never know. We never know. They always, they, you know, sometimes they throw us a curve. But I think either way they go, uh, first round, you know, receiver or tackle, and or vice versa. I think uh, is it, there's a lot of good guys out there. I just don't want a short receiver, man. I don't. I, I want a guy that well, We already got one of start.
1: those. I like to block out receivers. Exactly. I'm with you. Yes.
6: Uh, exactly. All right, Kevin. Have I appreciate one, it. Thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch with some more uh, as as things develop. I'll and and,
1: we, and we'll appreciate that. You know, it's All funny because right. every time I see Leighton vanderesh I think of Manny because, man, the oh, man was. The man was in love with Leighton. Van- Twenty years from now, when people bring up Leighton Van Der Esch, I'm gonna think of Manny. Hey,
6: think. Should have been a saint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks All for right, the call. Y'all have a great day. Take care. It's funny how we associate that stuff, but uh, no. Again, we we. I don't. Again, if we want to start the drive, we can do it. But I, I was gonna kind of. I don't know the. You know, we'll do it probably, I don't know, I'm guessing Wednesday, but I've been saying that for two weeks. But um, the good thing from a Saint perspective, like we just kind of touched on, is the two positions that it seems like the Saints would be most likely to pick in the first or second round, wide receiver and or offensive tackle, most of the draft draft experts seem to seems to be somewhat of a consensus. Those are the two best positions in this draft. And so. Um, it is. Um, it That's encouraging. That's a good thing. Now, because they pick one and it's deep doesn't mean they're going to pick the right one. I mean, we we need to understand that like. There's, just because it's a deep draft at a certain position and they pick, you know, I'm just throwing out a number, eight of them in the, over the first two rounds, say, doesn't mean that all eight are going to be successes in the NFL. If five or six are successful, that's good. That's good. If you, if you If you get six out of eight, again, I'm just throwing out numbers, or five out of eight. In the first two rounds, and they turn out to be really good players, and like, that's good. But if you happen to be the one or two or three that picked that picked one that didn't work out for whatever reason, then that's possible. That's just not that's not good. But it's just because you, it's a good wide receiving class, and you pick a wide receiver doesn't mean every single one of them is going to be good. You don't have to record. You know, you know, the 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 uh, the standard is a hundred isn't a hundred percent because you're not going to get a hundred percent, probably, unless you're just dealing with numbers like two or three of them. You might get a hundred percent if you get up to eight or ten in the first two rounds. Not all eight or ten are going to be, you know, NFL studs. It just doesn't numbers don't normally work that way. But no, offensive tackle certainly on that list. You know, it could easily happen. I know probably there are quite a few Saints fans sick of the Saints picking offensive linemen. They, they were giddy over the rumor. You know, one of the trade rumors was that Cesar Ruiz was going to be part of a Deshaun Watson trade. there had have been some celebrating. there have been some Saints fans hurting their ankles from jumping up and downs and trying to do court wheels when they're not athletic enough to do it. I get that. Uh, And so I get that offensive linemen can be boring. I also get how debilitating it is if you're not good on the offensive line. It is debilitating. I mean, just awful. And um, if you don't like offensive linemen, just just go watch the replay of that Dolphins-Saints Monday night game and i know that's an exaggerated example but it still would do your mind good if you really if you're a Saints fan and you really hate the idea and you're going to really struggle with the idea of always picking offensive linemen i know again i know it's an anomaly you could say or an exaggerated example but it would still it would do your perspective go watch a replay of that dolphins monday night game when they were just coming in at will and it was just a complete sieve and you just felt like this is not even an NFL game I'm watching. Just go watch it. Might might make you feel a little better about it, maybe. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to the game. 103.7 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The game hotline is 706-01. 706-0111. 706-0-1-1-1. Wanna remind you again to join the the game clubhouse. And if you do, you would you could win one of two gift certificates to Cypress Bayou Casino. Could be a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen, all at Cypress Bayou. And you do so by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. It is somewhat of a typical Monday, although, because we have a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend that we touch on. Um, again, we've talked about Cajun baseball and softball. Speaking of baseball, they're scheduled to play tomorrow at Nichols. I don't see how they're going. Weather report-wise, doesn't look good. Um, um, it's supposed to just really storm. Not like just rain, but like high winds, tornado warning kind of stuff. And so... I know that's mostly here. I did look it up in the Thibodeau weather forecast for tomorrow, and it was like 80%. Really bad rain. So something tells me, if that those weather reports are, are close to accurate, that yet another midweek game will get postponed. Now, the problem, I think it helped the Cajuns two weeks ago when that happened. But. The only problem is you don't want to push too many of these games back to where you're playing a bunch of five-week games in the middle of conference play or towards the end of conference play. So they does get a little bit – a little bit potentially, you know, um, trouble down the road schedule-wise when you start having too many five-week – five-game weeks in a row. But um, – Oh, just getting uh, information here. This makes sense. The game has been pushed back to Wednesday, so that that makes sense. the uh, the UL Nichols game because of the really bad weather report tomorrow. Um, just being told here has been pushed back to Wednesday, which makes sense. So hopefully they'll have a better chance of getting that in, and uh, that 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 that's a good thing cuz you, again you want to if you can get it played get it played you don't want to have too many five game weeks um down the stretch when you're going to be you know conference games are going to get more and more important a, as it goes on again the game hotline is 706-0111 706-0111 if you would like to get in talk about any of those subjects but I got a little derailed there so yeah Cajun baseball um has a midweek game. Cajun softball does not have a midweek game going into playing UTA. And and we kind of – when we were talking about Cajun softball in the first segment, we kind of got uh, rushed because it was the end of a segment. The Cajuns open up against – I mean, um, play UTA at home this weekend. UTA has a recent win over Oklahoma State. As I was saying a little bit in a rush is that as disappointing as the first two weekends have been – the Cajuns are just one game out of first place in the Sun Belt Conference through two weekends, which is not the end of the world. The, the bad news is we've got teams beating other teams. Like, it's a little surprising Cajuns lost a game at home to Georgia State, lost a game on the road to Georgia Southern, but by that same token, Texas Tech, Texas state lost 2 out of 3 at home to app. So, I don't think these team these teams at the bottom of the Sunbelt the Sunbell conference. I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're going to help your RPI. But they seem to be winning one like those used to be sweeps. There used to be like this clear distinction between the haves and the have-nots in this league. And again, this is not good in a lot of – you want your conference to be good and to be better. That part is true. But when programs that don't have a good record at all start winning games, you are they, are they getting better or are you getting worse? So it's kind of problematic here. But, again, there's some good wins. UTA – has it win over Oklahoma State? Southern Miss is going to be in this league next year. They had a big win earlier this year, um, and so beating Florida. So, I'm I I haven't got what I'm saying is I haven't gotten a real good read yet on this league. Texas State's playing a lot of good softball the last few years. They're two and four. Losing two out of three at South Alabama is not in the, the world, but we never would have thought they'd have lost two out of three at home to App. And so we'll see how it plays. Still early is the point. Um, You would think they could get a sweep at home, but, again, the way they pitch and play defense, who knows? Or I should say the way they pitch at times. At times they pitch really well. Other times they don't. Defense, eh. So we'll see. If the hitting continues, good thing is Taylor Roman continues to hit. You know, you 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 could see where the where the good part of the hitting is there. Like you can see, okay, by the end of the year, this team could be a really good hitting team. You could see the 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 possibilities there. Um, we'll just see if they can ever get the pitching consistent enough. So we've got uh, you know, we'll kinda of don't have a midweek game in softball, so we'll wait and see um this weekend how how they handle things. You know, up until the Georgia State game, they this Cajun team had done a good job of taking care of the teams they were supposed to take care of. Now they hadn't did it they haven't done a good job at all of beating the teams that are, are a little above them. But uh they ha- they had done a good job of beating all the teams that were on paper below them, When well, they haven't done that. Just last two weekends. So we'll see if they can correct that ship against UTA. And remember, UTA, they lost a game last year. That's kind of when things started to unravel for this team last year when they went to UTA and and lost one of those games uh, in Arlington. So we'll see if they, how, how they do against them this weekend. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I know there's probably some of you out there who, like the fact that we've waited on the NFL draft talk. I know there are a lot of you out there like Manny who are like, what in the world is taking you so long? Will you please get to it? It's going to come. It's going to come. We'll do it this week. Unless some really unforeseen happens. We'll, 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 we'll do it this week. It's just been so busy. So much stuff going on, and again, any of those topics you want to discuss, feel free to call. Let's go to the game hotline and talk to Paul. Hello.
7: Morning, foot.
1: Good morning, sir.
7: Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Morning, glorious morning. Tar Heels won another one. You know they did. That old Duke. Yeah, that old Duke fan. I mean, he disappeared again. You know, when when Tar Heels win, he, he disappeared for some reason. He get quiet. You know, his little story. Duke, they got lucky, but. They're they going to lose soon. And when they do, I'm going to be there to pound on it. <laughs>
1: man, man's getting vicious here.
7: Yes, he a Duke fan. He shouldn't have been a Duke fan. That's where he went wrong at in life. <laughs> he should have stayed in the good time. <laughs> and we went down to Eddie, a Florida Gators fan. That's even worse. I mean, it's all the same. It's just saying it is what it is. The band just had misdirection. That's all I'm saying. Someone told him wrong. <laughs> but reason why I call foot. I was thinking it's sad and it got this bad for the Saints. Who would have ever thought we would be held hostage by Jameis Winston? Well, I don't. Well, know, I don't, I don't
1: think we're being held hostage by Jameis. Oh, I mean, it probably would have already hostage. been done if it. if it wasn't for the Deshaun Watson situation. You know, I think the Saints have. Look, D- D- Jameis Winston has been m- more than fair dealing with the Saints. He just took a one. He came as a backup. For $1 million, did, and then he I, took a one-year I, contract. He's basically
7: giving us two years free. But this is what I'm saying, foot. Out of all kind of elite quarterbacks, we hoping we sign Winston. Exactly. Like, man, like, this, what the world came to, the Saints is hoping that Jameis Winston signs. It's not yeah. like he Watson or Brady or Breeze's elite quarterback. We hoping a mediocre quarterback Signed with the same, you might as well you might as well put it with the uh, the Billy Joe Tollivers, the Billy Joe no, Spears, the, the, the Aaron
1: Crooks. I I I, you know? I think I think I think Jameis Winston is a higher ceiling. I still think than Baker Mayfield.
7: I, I believe he's better than Baker. Yeah, yeah. of course. Well, it's, then... not, it's not by far, but it's just saying though, foot like man we man we got our eggs in the basket. All of them just man hoping old Winston signs. Look, easy. they tried to get an elite easy.
1: quarterback. They put their best foot forward. It didn't work out. I mean, I, I'm not upset it, about that. Just, <clears throat> this team that, can that, go that, to the Super the Bowl with Jameis Winston at quarterback. If they can get yeah. healthy and, and, and get some breaks, this team can go to the Super Bowl with Jameis Winston. But they got to sign him first.
7: But but that's what the world came to. That's what the Saints came to. We well, got to I mean, put all eggs in the basket for him.
1: This guy was a number he, – he was he, – he was a – he had a high when when he was picked number one. He had a higher ceiling than Baker Mayfield. It's not like you're talking about some undrafted free
7: agent. But he's a little a little mediocre, but first, you got to, it. Doesn't matter where you drafted it. Everybody knows that it doesn't matter where you drafted it. Okay. You know what I mean, a lot of a lot of people go in the first round and be overall first round pick and be very much overrated. You know, to where that it all amounts to nothing. So it just, all I'm saying for just I want you to really think about it. We put, we hope and praying that Winston come save our um, castle. I be the lead of our. I'm team. not a
1: QW. I'm not asking him to save anything. I'm asking him to come and be a part of a football team and uh, and help the team win. I, 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 there is no white horse here. Damn. no Damn. white horse.
7: Him, out of all people. I mean, I'm not asking no Jimmy Galapos. But I'm just saying it's James Winston. Like he's his quarterback. He's not. I'm just just saying it just got that bad for us, but we need to realize. I don't that. think that's bad. I'm just saying, you need to realize it, and you're not gonna help the cause until you realize it, Foot. So so I, I know you're gonna have if he signed, I know how you're gonna do this, and you're gonna lead the delusional. I've been one I've been
3: one. Wa-
1: I've been wanting him to re-sign Jameis. I mean, again, I'd have been fine if they had signed him to a multi year deal last year. The guy signed a one year deal and he got
7: hurt. You're gonna lead the blind wave. They
1: need him. to honor okay. the man.
7: You're gonna lead the blind witnesses. They to, need to this respect this the man, oh, he and they need. To... We got Winston. is gonna be so great, and all of this. I don't see it. It's gonna be a little better than last year because we actually have a better quarterback than what we had. Wait, when, I thought. But last... you're the one that's downgrading. How are we gonna have a better quarterback? I mean, he's better than the two that took over after he got hurt. Oh, okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But I'm just saying, Foot. Just saying, when you come to that realization. The blind witness is gonna to come to the realization, and you're gonna be the one to brainwash him. Like he's is gonna be all right. I'm just not up for it. I'm just saying I'm, I'm against it. All right. I'm just don't don't neck enjoy neck. the victories.
1: Don't enjoy the victories when they come.
7: Oh, if we win, of course I'm we'll because I'm gonna enjoy them. I'm I,
1: just telling you.
7: I'm not. I'm not getting my hopes up high. I'm not gonna. I'm not because you do that, you put your hopes up high, and then when they come crashing and burning, it's it's total chaos. I'm not gonna get my hopes up high. I, I just can't do it. I don't want to go through the emotional stage. All right. I right. don't know man
1: is a loser. <laughs> again, I, I, I don't I, I think Jameis is what he is. I've always known what he is. Now, he's better than all these people who have been brainwashed like he's this thirty interception quarterback. I mean, that's just that's just silly to me. Uh, but again, I'm not a QW. So I I just I don't I'm not I don't think this team is in need of some miraculous quarterback to come in and Hero come in to save the day. I don't think they're in need of that. I think they can get to the Super Bowl without that. Now, um, again, if they had gotten Deshaun Watson, they would have taken a step backwards this year, I think, and then next year, uh, I think, and for the for foreseeable the future, they'd have been, you know, one of the prime Super Bowl contenders because they'd have had an elite quarterback, but they don't have to take a step backwards because they didn't um, this year. They just have to try to get healthy and add a few pieces here and there to 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 safeguard against, you know, forty-one being an idiot in Las Vegas. So we'll see how that plays out. But no, I'll, I'll be. I'll sleep really good if they sign Jameis. Hopefully they do. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out today's show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana,
0: Sports Station. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most?
1: Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's
0: the most arrogant
1: athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really to his core that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is.
0: That is correct. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back. To this crazy little thing we call the NCAA Basketball Tournament. This got sent to me during the last break. Well, the last segment. On December the 8th, a 2-5 and St. Peter's team lost to an 0-8 St. Francis team in front of 250 fans in a gym, probably. I've never seen any of these teams play, so I'm assuming it's kind of a gym. So there were 250 people in a gym, and they watched an 0-8 St. Francis team beat a 2-5 St. Peter's team. And that 2-5 St. Peter's team that lost to that 0-8 St. Francis team is now in the Sweet 16. I mean, again, it's just. Now, the chances of them winning another game are probably less than 1%. But, but, but again, it's a story. I mean, it, it, it's what so many people like about the NCAA tournament. Not that these teams can necessarily get to the Final Four, but, like, getting to the Sweet 16 for a St. Peter's is like getting to a Final You could argue it's a greater accomplishment than Villanova or someone like that making the Final Four. I mean, I could argue that. I mean, again, you're. let's look at the resources that those teams have and then the resources that St. Peter's has. Let's compare their facilities, their backing, their recruiting budgets. It's it's a greater accomplishment for them to get to the Sweet Sixteen than it is for Arizona or Villanova or one of those powerhouse teams to to get to the to the Final Four. I think it is. It's incredible. All right, appreciate all the phone calls. If not tomorrow, Wednesday, don't worry, Manny. We'll 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 get to the NFL draft talk. Just try to be patient. Y'all have a nice day.